in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello, hello, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> This is the musical version of Two White Chicks in China. It's true. It's true. Holly and I went to see Wicked in Hong Kong a couple months ago, and it's stuck in my brain. It was brilliant. <laughs> West Side Story yeah, is coming out. Planning for the next trip. One of the other benefits of living in this part of China, you can hop over and see your Broadway shows. <laughs> yeah, actually, these days, like, there's a lot of go- there's a lot of stuff going on in Hong Kong. You can see comedians and musicals, even plays. Mm-hmm. So great. true. We're very lucky, indeed. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna read a nice review that we had from Claire Galt. No, no relation to no your relation, family, no. but we This did check my, it out. Exactly, my grandmother's <laughs> name is Claire Galt. The same, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. Um, she says, uh, "Hey guys, I'm a college freshman majoring in Chinese. I've spoken the language for almost five years, and I'm finally going to China this summer." This podcast has really helped me to ease my worries and feel ready for my study abroad. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences in China. Ah, nice. nice. It's it's really nice to hear that um, things that we talk about are actually helping people who are <laughs> potentially coming to China. Yeah, I'm curious to know how she fares in terms of the language after having studied it for so long. But five years—that's pretty good, isn't it?、Like、yeah, before I were coming to China. I、yeah. wonder if it's gonna be a breeze, like she gets、mm. she gets here and she just kind of slides right into it, or if it's gonna be kind of a shock. Because I remember the things that I learned before coming didn't really apply、yeah. very much here, but、yeah. I only learned a very small amount of things. So and by myself, so that's why I was kind of off. <laughs> so I'm sure that she has a better grip on the language、mm. at this point. Well, Claire, if you're out there and you're listening, let us know how it goes. Yes, please I mean, do. To say this summer, I can't quite remember when Claire left this review. I'm not sure if it's like this coming summer or if it was last summer. Oh yeah, you think it's from now? May- oh no, it can't be. It、no. can't be. It's next. Okay, it's this coming summer. It's coming up. Claire, let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so、um, last episode, episode seventy-nine, Nora and I answered a question about whether we should create or whether People in general should create travel lists before they come to China. So、um, Rene replied to our.、Um, we posted on Facebook, and she says,、um, "Hi, ladies. As newbies in northern China, we were disappointed to find that internal flights in China are often expensive. It was much cheaper for us to fly to Vietnam for a week's holiday than to go to Xi'an or Chengdu.、Uh, we want to see more of China, but might not be, but it might not be as ex." ex- Sorry, <laughs> accessible as we thought. <laughs> Having said that, places we can get to by bullet train will be moving up our must-see list. Yeah,、um, I think did we mention sort of the price? I'm not sure if we mentioned prices of flights within China, but we did sort of say that if we do get time, we do tend to leave China rather than traveling within it. And yeah, I guess a lot of that is. Cost-wise, as well, because yeah, just, it, I mean, if you can pay half the price to go, you know, to the Philippines、mm-hmm. or to Singapore or something, it's、yeah. kind of more interesting to go see the other countries. I think with the Chinese flights, 
you have to be, you have to get a good deal. Yeah, yeah. And as a Westerner or somebody who doesn't read Chinese, it's much more difficult to seek out those deals. And even if you mm-hmm. read Chinese, to know which ones are legitimate and which ones aren't is also part of the trick. So it is hard to get a, like a good deal for a foreigner yeah. for flights with, because there are definitely cheap flights definitely. in China. But it's just not as easy to access them as you would for other other flights. Mm. Yeah, a lot of Chinese people use like an app to find flights and mm-hmm. hotels and things. So you've you've already got that issue there because most of the time they don't have English an English interface. Right. Right. And I have heard rumors, and I don't know how true it is that like um, is it I think Sea Trip. If you use their um, English version, that the prices are more expensive. I don't know how I've true heard that, that is. Before too, yeah. I mean, it's possible. Maybe it's just not updated um, the same amount of time, like as with the same frequency. Mm. And I've also had problems purchasing flights from Chinese websites yeah. when you don't have a Chinese ID and you're trying to enter your passport number. Sometimes you have problems because mm-hmm. some some sites are just not equipped. To allow foreigners to purchase flights. Yeah. So it's kind of tedious. Um, so either you can get a Chinese friend to help you, or as you said, you can try it with the bullet train. Which is fun. Yeah. yeah. I've never done one of the long journeys, but, you know, just the high-speed train from Shenzhen to Guangzhou is, is kind of cool. It is cool. And you can watch the... They have, like, a little um, electronic speedometer, so you can see... Uh, you can see how fast you're going, which mm-hmm. is cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so I have a news article for us. It was between this one and something really gruesome, and I, uh, you know, I, I, this is just the way I'm feeling today. I went with the fun one. <laughs> yeah, keep it uh, Yeah, it had to be. So <laughs> um, this is about a guy um, from Shenyang who found a strawberry in his tomato. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, story goes, a uh, guy buys two tomatoes from his supermarket, and uh, he bit into the tomato and discovered that inside was something that looked like a strawberry stuck inside it. Now, I d- I, you should really see this pi- the pictures of this, because it's it's pretty amazing, to be honest. It's... He but he's bitten into the tomato, and right in the center is is a strawberry. What? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> of course, what any normal Chinese young Chinese person does, that he posted it on social media, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Shall I carry on eating the tomato or not?" Uh, he he wrote on his social media um, Weibo, by the way, and uh, so of course it went viral because. Yeah, you know, what else is like, going to happen? What the, what the heck is this? <laughs> yeah. So, um, he did finish his tomato. Um, but, but obviously because it went viral, uh, a lot of people, you know, got in touch and said, uh, especially some, um, a uh, university, uh, of, uh, sorry, the University of Illinois got in touch and said that they'd also examined other cases of strawberry tomatoes. Oh. And um, it's not actually a strawberry. It's just something that's happened uh, with a specific variety of tomatoes that can sometimes become stuffed, they said. Um, yeah, and it's it's because the, the insides of the tomato has, has some sort of different 
uh, structure. It's more like a bell pepper, so it allows things to grow inside it. You know how sometimes you cut open a bell pepper and there's yeah, like and there's a small baby one peppers inside. inside. <laughs> 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 Apparently, it's sort of similar to that. And the, uh, he also said, uh, "Oh, plants do weird things when the weather gets gets hot." <laughs> I just thought that was quite a non-scientific thing to say. Uh, but of, obviously, everyone on Weibo was like. Oh, we're not sure about this. And they said, oh, it sounds like there's some sort of dodgy genetic modification going wrong. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? But <laughs> an knows? interesting story, nonetheless. That's so funny. Yeah, I really see. You should see the pictures. Um, I'll I'll put a link to the post on uh, writtenchinese.com slash episode 80. Nice. This is episode 80. Woohoo! Yeah. Another milestone. I know. Holly and I are concocting a very special oh, yeah. plan for episode 100. Birthday yep. episode. Yep. I so, think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. We're getting excited just thinking about making it, to be honest. Well, I am. Yep. <laughs> Hint, it's going to have a video component. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll see us for once. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure at all. <laughs> Okay, so um, I feel like I haven't stopped talking since we started. Keep going. Yeah. All right, so uh, we've got a voicemail message question. Yes. And this is from Wade. So without further ado, take it away, Wade. Hello, two white chicks. Thank you for your podcast very much. This is Wade from Joplin, Missouri. My question is about... Chinese social media. I know you've touched on it a bit, but I'd like you to expand. What is it like? Is it easy to be a part of Chinese social media when you can't read Chinese characters? Are there English versions? What do people use most? Are there apps similar to what we use here in America? Uh, what does that look like? Thank you for answering. Nice one. Yeah, I like I like this question. Yeah, this is a good one. We've touched a bit on on this topic um, in the past, but we haven't done a full episode on Chinese social media before, so this is great. We can talk all about the different cool apps that are here available in China and used with great fervor by the (laughs) Chinese population. Um, So you can maybe pick it apart question by question. So his first question seemed to be, um, what is Chinese social media like? So, if you compare it to Western media, um, I think it's much faster paced in in terms of development. Um, It's definitely not the same. It used to be that the Chinese software companies would basically rip off the Western social media and just kind of transplant it into China. For example, when Facebook... Facebook first gained popularity. There was a Chinese social equivalent called Ren Ren. Ren Ren, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Which I don't know anybody who uses that mm. now. There was another one called Pongyo as well. Yeah, Pongyo. I don't know anyone who really uses those. I'm sure they still mm-hmm. have users on there, but it's definitely not a part of the daily life in China as um, Facebook is in the West. Uh, but now, now the Chinese social media apps have morphed kind of into their own thing that fits the culture better. Mm. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think when you, you, the first thing you said about everything being faster, uh, faster paced, mm-hmm. I think not just that, but it's also much busier. Their social media is like, you feel like you're being bombarded, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's like to me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean. people expect you to respond 
to everything mm. and like instantly. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's similar to how the next generation is also using apps like Snapchat. You know, like mm. they're sending hundreds of Snapchat images and stuff on a regular basis and responding to every single thing. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of similar. So it's somehow younger and um, it's really widespread. Yeah. Really, really widespread. Yeah. I th- obviously, there's China has a massive population, but uh, I recently wrote an article for Written Chinese, so I took this statistic from that. Uh, there's 710 million netizens in China. Oh, wow. So... Um, obviously because of the population, but also because people are on their mobile phones all the time here. Right. Um, things just seem to go viral so much, so much like so easy, mm-hmm. so easily here. Um, you know, like for example, strawberry tomatoes, you know, <laughs> like that's like, that's silly news at home, but here it's like, <gasps> you know, it's got to go viral. Everyone's yeah. got to post about it. Yeah. It's true. And videos, incidents that happen to just spread like wildfire. Yeah. It's fascinating, actually, and because I think, um, I, I guess I'm jumping the gun a little bit with what I'm going to say here, but I, because I'm not, uh, I'm not on the big social media platform in China, Weibo, um, but I feel like everyone has something to say there. They, they might not talk about it in real life, like day to day, but they'll definitely say something on Weibo if they've got an opinion about something, mm-hmm. which I, I find very fascinating, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this, I can't remember, I'll have, to, I'll have to make a note and put it into the uh, show notes, but there's a, a phrase in Chinese which is like uh, uh, like keyboard hero, which basically means someone who hides behind their keyboard and they'll make comments. You know, like a troll, basically. They're, 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 they're afraid, too afraid to say something in real life, but they'll say it on social media. Yeah, that post that you did about the Chinese, you know, you had a lot of vocabulary for Chinese tech. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. So if you haven't seen that, definitely want to check that out. Like, there's some really funny phrases that they use in Chinese that have um, hilarious meanings that are related to people who are either trolling online mm-hmm. or posting things all over the place. So that was really fun. Read that's on writtenchinese.com. But yeah, for sure, like, the pace is just. It's difficult even to describe how quickly things mm. move when you're not here. Even if we go on vacation for like a month or two and we come back, things are already yeah. have already morphed quite a bit. Um, if we step back and talk about what are the main social media apps in China um, and how are they kind of different from those in that are used um, worldwide... So the number one app that's used here in China is called Weixing, which the English name is WeChat. Um, you've probably heard of it before if you're familiar with Chinese culture or anything like that. But, We've um, definitely mentioned it a lot. You've definitely <laughs> mentioned it, yes, because it's a huge part. In fact, going back to what you were saying about how busy things are, I almost feel like... So in the West, I think the mentality is kind of like you live your life in like in real life and then you post pictures of it on social media but with china it's kind of like they live to post oh yeah so it's like posting to live or living to post yeah, kind of yeah, like that's, things because <laughs> they like to describe it yeah they'll have people who you know when it 
you can see it especially when Chinese tourists go abroad. Um, so they visit the Eiffel Tower and they don't really care how long they're there. They go all the way around the world to see the Eiffel Tower, but all they seem to really want is that one photo that yeah. they can post onto WeChat. You know, they're not interested in trying the French cuisine. No. They're not interested in, um, you know, immersing in the culture, let's say, checking out the galleries and stuff like that. They just want that one iconic, mm. I went to the Eiffel Tower photo so that they can post it onto their social media. Yeah. They just, they have this desire to show off their life on such a... Uh, it's on steroids, mm. basically. And they're confused when, like, some of my Chinese friends ask me, like, oh, you never post anything on your WeChat moments. Yeah. Um, they, that's confusing for them. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like the most natural thing in the world. Yeah, because they basically go, whenever they're out and about, they're posting pictures of what they're doing out and about. Hey, I drank this coffee, and oh, here's a yeah. selfie, and I'm at this play like it they try to make their life seem really interesting through through the use of social media yeah yeah we um nara and i meet a couple of times a week at a at a coffee shop and even though we've been here for so many years we, we've often seen and it, it wasn't just like one or two people it was for a while it was like everyone would come into the this cafe and take like a a like a panoramic kind of image of the the front the entrance to the cafe i mean it's kind of cool it's a cool place it is a cool cafe but we just knew that's what they would they were taking this this picture and it was going to go on 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 wechat moments yeah and as soon as their food arrives it's always bam yeah. it's like oh look i ate this waffle yeah you know it's just like has to be posted yeah and then they're taking selfies of themselves so they might have like um, they, they might go to the coffee shop, but they might end up with six pictures of different different scenarios. A couple of themselves, the food, the coffee, you know, the actual like entrance or whatever. Just to say, like, this is what I was doing. I was here. And sometimes we find that they're spending more time taking photos of themselves than actually chatting with the people that they go to the they coffee don't with. Seem to, really. Yeah, unless it's for business. <laughs> <laughs> I have this is kind of a side note, but it kind of corresponds with it. So I have a Chinese phone. Um, recently got a Huawei phone and it's got built into it. So first of all, there's two features that I realized that are <laughs> very different from any of the other phones that I've bought before. Yeah. One is that the front camera is just as good as the back camera. So there's no like loss in image quality. Mm -hmm. And then, so that's very important because half the time or more than half the time people are taking selfies. So yeah. they need that good camera on the front. And then the second thing is there's like there's a button which I think I showed you the he other did. day. It's freaky. Yeah, so there's a button that's called beauty, um, and so if you take a picture of somebody's face and you press the beauty button, it automatically like um, contours the face so that it looks thinner, makes the eyeballs a little bit bigger, clears the skin <laughs> up, takes the bags out under the eyes, and also gives you like a brightening effect like a smooth brightening effect yeah. whitens the teeth like it's just one button it's like boom it, it makes you look prettier it makes you look a bit like a barbie really mm -hmm. i mean because you can change that how extreme it is yeah. can't you and when when nora showed me the app she put it up right like to the extreme all the beauty i wanted all the beauty <laughs> freaky she just looked like a doll like with these huge eyes and like 
Yep. So no, no marks on the skin at all, just like smooth. Yep. Just weird. Exactly. So be wary, men, if you're looking at photos of Chinese women online and you're like, ooh, look at all the beautiful women in China. <laughs> Things are not always as they appear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was really easy to, t- to like, to touch yourself. Super easy. Like, I mean, forget Photoshop. Oh, yeah. You just, you just one just, button. Like, one Boom. Button. Yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's a side note. But going back to the different <laughs> apps that Chinese, so, so WeChat, like how to explain it, Holly? Like it's, it's a difficult thing to explain because it's not just like, oh, it's the Facebook of China. It's really it's not, not. It's, it's not. way more than that. It's, it's like your whole life just in one app. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do, you name it, you can do it from within, within the app. Mm-hmm. You can chat to your friends. Okay. That's a simple thing. We've mentioned you can share your pictures and comments in WeChat moments. You can uh, buy things. You can send money to people. You can buy train tickets, flights, hotels. I mean, everything. I'm sure you there. Could keep going. Order a taxi. Order right. Top up. You know, pay pay your bills. Yeah. To, yeah. Pay, uh, top up your phone. Top up your phone. Yeah. Um, you you can use it to like. Even on a more business level, you can send files to each other. So not just like photos and videos, but you can, there's like a file transfer option in the chat window where you can like send yourself files, which makes it really easy to like, oh, I need, let's say I need to access something that's on my phone. I need it on my computer. It's really easy to send it through. They have a pretty cool um, functionality where you can log in online and access all your stuff oh, online yeah. and so you can use the file transfer really oh, no, easily. I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Do you just scan that. the yeah, QR. Yeah, it's yeah. really quick. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. scan the QR code on the computer with your phone and then it unlocks yes. it for you and then you can send stuff back and forth so if you need to transfer files it's really, really yeah. easy and super fast. Yeah. So there's a lot of bits and pieces. Like the main component of it is the private messaging and then they have a lot of these groups so if you share like interests someone can create a group and then it's just like a bunch of people chatting about Mm -hmm. a specific topic and sharing information which is really useful as a foreigner if you need like okay so i just had a baby so it's uh i have i have these like mommies and baby groups or whatever so it's really easy for me Mm -hmm. to get advice about vaccines and um visa processing and all this stuff like so you have these groups as well yeah. and also like digital marketing group oh there's tons yeah, any... for sp- specific restaurants that mm-hmm. kind of thing so you can just message them and say are you open and they'll right. say no oh yes. yeah you can order your food like nypd i just the pizza place you just mm-hmm. send them an order and then you can pay for it in the app and so when the delivery guy comes he just drops it off you don't even have to say one word to the guy yeah you just order your stuff. He just drops it off because you've paid. You've already taken care of the payments yeah. and stuff. And you can share your location so they know where you are. Yep, that's a pretty cool feature, actually. That real time location thing. Yeah, like you can, if like, you're track out with some, fr- yeah, if you like your friends try wants to join you at a bar or something, but they don't, they've never been before. You can just drop the pin and they can find you. Or if you're pub crawling and you're not even sure where you are, <laughs> then they can track you down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but there's also some like really cool integrations. Like if you use QQ Music, um, you yeah. can share like some like your favorite songs or music videos mm-hmm. in in WeChat. There's a lot of people doing that now. It's kind of like the the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Share share the songs you're listening to. It's kind of nice. Yep. And news is also an important feature that is kind of different in China than in the west like i don't know very many people who use facebook to get their news they might follow Mm -hmm. some pages 
um, that share news stories and stuff like that, but it's more in-depth on WeChat. So basically, like, we have in the West a more trust in Google search in terms of um, serving us, you know, like if I search for a keyword in Google, I assume that the the pages that come up near the top of the list are those which are the most relevant mm-hmm. and high, high quality. quality. Yeah. yeah. But in China, it's not like that. They have their equivalent of Google that's called Baidu, but it's basically one big scam in terms of the algorithm, which which websites appear on top. So for this reason, people rely more on peer-to-peer sharing of news stories than on mm-hmm. just like as a single person, like as an independent party going to Baidu and searching for some news sources from there. So the news, getting all of your news... Um, in WeChat is another big thing, which is quite different from the social media apps. I mean, of course, you have Twitter. People can get news on Twitter, but it's it's also a different it's a different feel to it because mm. you're sharing news articles between each other instead of being fed from a specific source. Yeah, yeah. There was lots of there were lots of like um, like official accounts that you can subscribe to, mm. and then it's so easy to share to groups or friends or whatever just makes it it's just like so fluid to be honest and it's just so fast yeah so fast yeah and going back to your original comment again about it being fast paced like the adding new features so frequently sometimes you don't even know that they've they've added this feature and then you know a month down the line a friend will say oh do you know you can do that and you're like what like yeah you can do this now yep like if you 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 would really need to sit down like with this app if it was brand new just to find out all the features but they've done it in a nice way that like you it's the ux is pretty the user experience is pretty good they don't like just shove all the features that like a lot of the features are hidden and so the main function is the the chatting so that's the main thing, is communicating with your friends mm-hmm. um, on a private, well, semi-private <laughs> private level. Anything you say in WeChat, though, Big Brother is listening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've just had another thought there about the, they have this feature where um, if, you, if you've got it turned on and you shake your, your phone, it will basically connect you with like a stranger who's in the area, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me... F- reminds me of like these dating like matchmaking apps i've never used them but i've i I mean i understand like they'll kind of try and match you and then you swipe to like connect with people it's sort of similar in that respect as well where you can just just start talking to a complete stranger but who might be in like a i don't know 200 meter radius of you or something or have you used the drift bottle feature no, I don't so think drift so. drift bottle, it's like you put a message in the proverbial bottle. <laughs> so you like can really? say, you can like do a voice message or put a text message and you just like <laughs> stick it in a bottle and then no. send it out to sea and then you can grab other oh, people's no, messages. Haven't. Yeah, and you can, so if you grab somebody's message, you can hear it or read it and then you can decide whether or not to try responding to that's those funny. people. So that's really funny. And they have this like little animation of your bottle like oh, with a little okay, message cool. inside no, being floated out to sea. So then it's like you send it out into the world and somebody random picks it up and wow. chooses to respond to that's it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a pretty cool feature. I don't yeah. think it's a very used feature, but it's really funny to, to try. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we've got a lot of different stuff. So what are the, some of the other apps that um, are popular here? We've talked about Weixing or WeChat mm. for, for quite a while. 
you mentioned Weibo before, yeah. so can you explain a little bit what, about what Weibo is? Weibo, I guess, is, well, they call it the Chinese Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but I, if I'm honest, I have never used it okay. myself, personally. Um, have, have you? This seems like mm-hmm. the, that's, it seems like the, um, the, the, the platform where most things become viral, like, um... Yeah, it's kind of more about sharing new. new yeah. It's less about cuz like WeChat is like, look at my life and how awesome I am and Weibo is like, oh, look at these interesting Social things that are commentary, happening. I feel like. Yeah. And this is what I have. Yeah, these are my opinions on what's happening yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah it is it is definitely the closest thing to Twitter, I think. But more, I think it's um obviously with Twitter you've only got you've got a limited amount of characters where as I feel like Weibo doesn't have that. Mm-mm. Um, but they still call it micro-blogging. I mean, it, I suppose it is in a sense, but I feel like micro implies small, whereas... Well, I, I think it's meant to be... More fast-paced. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not meant to have full article. And I think that they do truncate... I think you can write out a longer post, but they'll truncate it after a certain amount of characters. Mm-hmm. So if you're going through the feed, you you get it like Twitter. is just like message, 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 message. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I think Weibo has been around for... A, for a long time I mean it's um, I, I, I looked uh, for a few pieces of information about Weibo actually this is what I knew this already but recently or last year there's been a lot of like famous people have started to join Weibo um, like westerners or? yeah exactly oh, yeah okay. westerners uh, so they're kind of behind the times though I feel like Weibo's gone, gone down in popularity yeah I, I'm not sure what what like prompted the move um I guess someone just started the trend and they just people just started to jump on the bandwagon. So uh, Stephen Hawking, he joined um, and he, at the time of this article, he had 4.2 million followers, but in one hour he had 1 million followers on Weibo. <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, he joined and he had 1.2 million in two days. Wow. Uh, that's pretty cool. So these are all people who are, you know, have a big Chinese following. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was just, like, spammed with, like, memes. Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> memes. Uh, it was, from what I saw, it was quite amusing. And, but people were commenting saying, like, he's going to leave if you keep spamming him. <laughs> like, he won't want to be here. <laughs> Which I found kind of cute. Um, as if he's managing his own social media I know, presence. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, in Chi- yeah, in Chinese, like writing in Chinese. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, so Wade asked us about, um, like, is it easy to use? Uh, Weibo doesn't, I don't think Weibo has an English interface, does it? Or at least it, it didn't. It does now. Weibo has an okay, English cool. interface. They've had it for a while, but um, the, the issue is, so yeah, the question, one of his questions was like, is it easy to be a part of Chinese social media if you don't read Chinese right, characters? Right. Um, I think with WeChat, it's really easy just yeah. because you you lo- you know you talk to people who you know will speak English. You know, you connect with your friends yeah. in China, um, your foreigners or your Chinese friends who speak English. So mm-hmm. you don't need to read Chinese to speak to them. And WeChat has an English interface, and it has a very handy button which translates someone's yeah. text into your what like the language of the app 
so English yeah you first. long press and then it translates and it'll translate any language it's not just Chinese and English so yeah. you can be chatting with a Russian speaker or whatever mm-hmm. you can just long press each of the messages and it'll translate it instantly for you which is good um, but with Weibo, okay, they have, because I used, I when I was using Weibo, I used the English interface. Okay. But it's just all the content that people post yeah. is in Chinese. Yeah. Um, and so unless you read the Chinese characters, it's not really all that interesting. Mm-hmm. Is it, I, I'm, I'm, I wonder if it was you who said that then some time ago, that even though it does have an English interface, the interface is still very complicated or like it hasn't been translated very well or there's some sort of issue with the interface still well like most of chinese apps which have an english interface they usually don't do a good job of keeping them up to date i mean their primary goal is to satisfy their chinese users and the english speakers are such a tiny percentage that it's no wonder that they're not really as bothered to keep everything because the nature of chinese social media is so fast-paced so even if they create a user interface in English, it takes a lot of resources to keep it updated because they're constantly changing the interface and functionality. And so then you got to think, oh, and then in addition to that, they need to retranslate certain sections in order to update it. So WeChat does a really good job because it knows, well, first of all, Tencent is this massive company, and so they have the resources to do it. But yeah. also they they previously were trying to spread it to the oh, Western wow. market. Yeah. Um, they kind of backed off of that campaign more recently, but mm. um, they know that having a an accessible platform for Westerners in China is a big advantage. So they keep it... Like the WeChat English app, you still find kind of funny gram- grammatical errors and like... Um, you know, especially the system messages. If you have an error, you oh. see like, oh, it's Chinglish, but yeah, it's completely usable if you don't speak Chinese. Yeah, it's pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, um, I want to sort of look, backtrack a little bit back to Weibo and it being easy or not easy to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so the something I thought goes back to my the, uh, the article that I wrote. Um, or several actually, we've got on written Chinese. Um, and a lot, not only is it in Chinese characters, of course, um, but it's also to do with the language that Chinese people use online, mm. which is, is different to the spoken language or the standard, like, formal written language. Mm-hmm. Um, they use a lot of slang, um, and if if you don't know Chinese uh, online slang, like you, you're going to be pretty lost to follow. Um, and they they use a lot of like um, homophones. So because Chinese is a tonal language, there's often a play on uh, words that sound very similar, which isn't really done in spoken language. Maybe with some with jokes, but this is a very very common thing with with. Uh, with online language, mm-hmm. um, we've, if you want, if you're interested, you can search for slang uh, or homophones in our in Chinese search bar, and you can find out some commonly used slang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they use use abbreviations that are not always yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, so yeah, even if you can read all of the characters, you still may not have any idea what's going on. And yeah. just as just as social media apps themselves evolve quickly, so does internet oh, lingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've started to add. In the most recent article, I added a, cu- a couple that w- where they basically started to add English 
English to replace Chinese characters is very strange, but mm. it's very fascinating to be honest. I find it really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't find I'm uh, clever enough to do use it myself, <laughs> but I, I think it's it's really cool. Yeah, it's really very cool. clever. Some of it. Yes, it is. Like riddles. riddles. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. How about some other apps besides WeChat and Weibo? Have you used? Uh, I I did use QQ when mm. I first arrived, um, and I feel like maybe it's advanced somewhat since then because I I knew it as a messenger app, not really as like a social media app. But I think at the time there was no English interface, or at least I I didn't have an English interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it an app that you've used recently, or have you? QQ. Mm. No, I mean I know they have QQ International, so they do have an English interface. Um, but so, so QQ is made by the same company, Tencent, which makes some um, WeChat. So uh, it's kind of like a it's kind of like instant messaging with gaming. Yeah, with gaming, similar to it's more of a desktop thing. Um, and it's more for business almost because I feel like if you have if you're chatting with somebody about a product, um, a lot of times they do it through QQ. Like they share the contacts through QQ. You can send really huge files right. really quickly through QQ. So if you have like a portfolio, you need to send back and forth. Or if you have quick customer service question, um, they often have a QQ um, account that you can try. But it's kind of like um, MSN, the messenger, yeah, or like yeah. ICQ or something like that. Yeah, and more connected to MSN because you get an email address as well, I guess. Yes. Which is a ridiculously long number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never really understood, but... No. Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah, that's one. Uh, one trend that's been... You know, in the West, uh, there's been a lot of these live... You know, live blogging, live podcasting, live... Um, uh, just live video, live apps, and in China they also have this app, these apps similar to that, where it's just like people are just like hanging out. They have their video camera on and they're just hanging out, and then you can like pay them to do stuff. <laughs> so like, let's say you have a semi-famous or even a famous singer who's just like hanging, <clears throat> hanging out. You see them just like getting their coffee or just like sitting and chatting to to the app Sounds to their audience <laughs> yep and you can give them a gift like buy them these like sports car stickers which cost a lot of money and once you give them the gift then they can you they can choose whether or not to do something for you so you can say like hey sing me this song and yeah. then you give them a gift and if they like it then they'll do it for you they get the gift regardless <laughs> but if, bribery isn't it yeah, it's exactly. But some people are making a lot of money yeah. on that. Yeah, I heard some time ago there was a, a quite a few people singing, I guess, and had didn't have a job anymore. They were just making like a thousand RMB a day, just like singing, which is a heck of a lot. It is, especially you know, still standard of living here is quite low, so it's it's definitely a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I saw one foreign guy on who made, like, $7 just by eating a cookie on the camera. <laughs> he just, like, goes on and he's like, should I eat this cookie? And then people start giving him money to eat the cookie. <laughs> and then he eats the cookie and then he collects his money. Cool. 
This kind of this is a trendy one though. I mean, I don't think I'm not sure how long this kind of app. There's yeah. always these these trendy apps that pop up um, so quickly and gain so much popularity and then kind of peter, peter out. out. Yeah, yeah. So not sure. No, how long they're fun though. I mean, yeah, it's fun. Um, just I, I I don't know. If, I I'm not really sure if you really could class this as social media, um, but there's a. I can't even remember its name, um, but it's like Quora, but you ask um, a famous person like a question, mm. and you have to pay them to answer. Mm-hmm. But it's like a trickle down effect. So, uh, say you're like, a famous, a famous podcast and and I want oh, so to famous. ask you a question, <laughs> a person, a very personal question. Mm-hmm. I could give you, I could say, I'm going to give you a thousand RMB to answer this question. But say ten other people also want to know the answer to your question, they also have to pay, say, one RMB to also see the answer. Oh, okay. So you pay the initial amount, and yeah, then and other people pay to see the response. Yeah, and because I initially gave that money, I get some of it back. Okay. So even though I gave a thousand, I might make this th- that money back because every- because I asked you such a personal question, you answered it. Everyone will want to know the answer. Mm. So I might even make profit. Oh, yeah. that's an interesting yeah. way. But again, I don't know how long that will last for, or if it even exists now, but Champson told me about it quite recently. So Yeah, yeah. The brilliant thing about China, <clears throat> just population being so huge, the, even, if the, even if it's not like a mainstream app, it's still so much is going on, like mm-hmm. with this live video. So it's kind of like Periscope, this live video app thing. But because there are just so many millions and millions of people in China, there's always somebody on there who's doing something interesting, <laughs> yeah. and there's always people watching. So if you mm-hmm. go on, like I tried it once, yeah. just for a few minutes, remember you yeah, were on the yeah, video yeah. too, and it, we had like 30 people watching right. us within, you know, you a, a minute. Didn't you get a courgette or a cucumber gift or yeah, something? Yeah, I got some, I got some vegetable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just by turning it on and being like, hello, everybody, Uh, I'm an American. Well, you know, just saying something completely generic and not really doing anything interesting. Already people were, yeah, like I could see the hearts coming up. Whereas with Periscope, it's like you could be online and nobody's watching you. Yeah. But with these ones, you go online and somebody is going to be watching you, like no matter what. Because there's just so many people in this country who are just online Online, and nothing better to do. (laughs) That's great. It's kind of fun. So, any other apps that you thought of when uh, you heard this question? Like, mm. the two main ones are definitely yeah, WeChat the and Weibo that... in terms of social. Yeah. Um, Everything's I... kind of social, though. Yeah, the only other thing was Yoku, really, that I mm. sort of considered, which is basically the equivalent, I guess, like YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason I was thinking of it being, like, more social is because you can... Uh, probably maybe not on Yoku, but on these other like video um, uh, apps, y- you can often like commentate. So if you're watching, say for example, you're watching um, Sherlock Holmes or Sherlock mm-hmm. on there, um, there'll be people like comment, like giving their own commentary on the show. Yeah, and it's like a what stock ticker below. It. Yeah, it's so you very can see it's these amazing. Comments, yeah, um, you know, and people are talking about might be talking about oh. Uh, I really love Sherlock's hair, and someone will be saying, "Oh, the music here is really good." And mm-hmm. 
It's kind of like SoundCloud, where you can leave comments yeah. like in the sound file, like "Oh, this guitar solo rocks." <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of similar yeah. thing. So you go through and you can see what other people are saying about yeah. what you're watching. I, f- I, f- I mean, I find it very interesting, but at the same time, don't you just want to sit and watch the show? Yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. At least you can turn it off and you don't have to see other people's drivel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Um, Do you have another? No, I didn't have one that I had thought about. I mean, like like we said, I mean, most apps I feel like in China have a social feature. So whether you, it be a shopping app or a video platform mm. or whatever, they all seem to have some kind of social functionality to them. Yeah. Uh, so I would say a lot of apps in China are social media, even though their main function might be for another purpose. Yeah. Um, which is different from the West, I think. Because Chinese people like to be where the people are, so if they're using the app and they feel like they're all alone, then they feel like something is wrong. Yeah. They want to be able to share. They want to be able to see what other people are doing. They're very social on their social media. <laughs> yeah, they do it well. Yes, they do. Mm. They do. Okay, well, um, Nora, do you have a Chinese word that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I thought just because we talked so much about WeChat and because WeChat is the quintessential Chinese social media app at this time, um, we could give Weixing as the, as the Chinese word of the day. So that's W-E-I, first tone, X-I-N, fourth tone, Weixing. So that's, uh, WeChat. In Chinese, so that's its Chinese name is Weixing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll link to our dictionary so you can see those characters in more detail. Um, so go to writtenchinese.com/episode80, and the links will be there. Mm-hmm. Thanks to um, Wade for sending us in a voicemail. Yeah. Um, for those of you out there who have a question about life in China, any aspect of it. Please send us a voicemail. That's like more fun for us to listen. It's more fun for users out there to hear your voice as well. It makes it more personal. Um, you can do that at writtenchinese.com/voicemail. Yes, indeed. And if you find yourself with uh, a few five, you know, spare minutes, you can do as Claire did and leave us a review. Please do, because then other people will find us. Uh, which leads me on to. My last little bit, which is about tripod. So in March, the, there's this thing called tripod, which is T-R-Y pod. Um, and you can share your favorite podcasts with your friends and people you know. Uh, so you can go to Twitter and just search for the hashtag tripod. And you can see all the, you know, cool podcasts that are going on and you can share them yourself so nora do you have any podcasts that you're listening to that you want to share sure um i'm a huge fan and this is uh, one that you can listen to or watch and it's called a tiny desk concerts oh, and cool. it's like taking uh i don't know if any of you listen to all songs considered by npr but it's a kind of a spin-off mm-hmm. so they take artists um who are either up and coming or are, are even established artists and they do a stripped down just three song uh set okay. in the npr office at this little desk so they they just smash them into this corner it's like by a bookshelf yeah and they strip away all the fancy um technology basically and, and they have the artist sing nice. a, a short set um to a live audience and it's kind of fun to see because they have some common 
you know, like they talk a little bit about the song, sure. just a little bit though. Nice. Um, so it's mostly about the music, but it's cool to see their personalities. Like a lot of artists that I have been following, it's it's fun to see them. Yeah. Um, it, it's not a, like a music video. It's mm-hmm. it's just kind of a stripped down live version, as if they're sitting in front of you, in your living room nice. or whatever, playing uh, playing cool. music for you. So that's Tiny Desk Concerts. Nice. I think I'm sure there's a BBC Radio uh, program that does something similar, but yeah. I can't think what it's called now. Anyway, uh, moving on. So How about you? Uh, I I kind of want to sneak two in because it's the end of March and I won't be able to mention these again. Mm. So uh, I've got one for history. Lovers, um, which is uh, stuff you missed in history class. Oh, and nice! It's a really nice. It's like they usually do thirty between thirty and forty minutes, um, just about various things in history that you you probably never actually learned about. But it's it's been really cool for me because I've been if I've listened to a podcast about one area or one aspect of history, then I want to kind of learn more about it. And it's been good for me to learn a little bit about American history. Oh yeah, um, now that you're married to one. Exactly. <laughs> uh, because I, I knew very little little about it. And the other one is a film podcast which is Come Come and Mayo's film review, which is a it's a BBC show and then they've turned it into a podcast and it's it's really cool. It's very fun. Nice. Yeah. So there's my two. Sounds good. Yeah. So share, share your podcast loves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah you, again, you can use the hashtag tripod, T-R-Y, pod. And uh, yeah, if you've got any comments or anything, you can share your thoughts with us on uh, Facebook. We've got our uh, Two White Chicks page, uh, or you can join us at writtenchinese.com. Yep. If you have other comments on the show, if you are in China and using social media apps that we didn't mention, we'd love to hear about those too. Indeed. So keep the dialogue going. Let us know what you think. <laughs> and tune in next week. Indeed. <laughs> Bye. Bye.